Good afternoon, everyone. In the Parsha Kudai, which we will read on Shabbat, Moshe Rabbeinu makes an accounting of the materials that were used in the construction of the Mishkan and of the garments of the Kohanim. So the first lesson that's involved here is simply the fact that there has to be an accounting and that the Torah deems the accounting to be so important that it spends a great deal of space and detail in telling us of the accounting. And uh, the Torah uh, emphasizes that when it comes to, uh, for instance, public trust, public funds, which is what the funds for the Mishkan were, so it goes without saying that you have to have an accountant because of the fact that, because uh, I'll say, Gezel Arabim. I'm watching Love by Wine. You know, if you. Uh, what happened? <laughs> There are millions of people waiting for this. Mm-hmm. No pressure. No, people. I get calls from America. Participants, mute. Oh. Okay. So public funds. Uh, they're misused or embezzled. So that's a gezel arabi. Uh, if a person, God forbid, steals from another individual, so we have a way to fix that. By restoring the gzela, the money, to the one, to the victim, so to speak, to make him whole. But if you steal from the entire public, you can never make them whole. And uh, so therefore the Gemara says that in such a case, a person should do tzorche rabbi. He should do public works, public service, so that the entire tzibur can benefit from it and that will ameliorate to what extent possible the fact that he has abused uh, the trust of the public and stolen from them. So in this week's Parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu is making this public accounting. And he makes the accounting and according to the Medrash and according to uh, we'll see in a moment the interpretation of the psukim themselves, he's off by a thousand shekel. There's a thousand shekel that was taken in and used, and he can't account where it went, what it was used for. 
we're talking about a silver shekel. And the silver shekel is not the uh, face value of a coin the way we deal with it today, but it really was the amount of silver that was in the shekel. And the shkolim that were used were uh, mid condition. So he's missing a thousand shekel. You know, there's a bad joke about the yeshiva guy that was taking, uh, I shouldn't say the yeshiva guy because that demeans yeshiva guys. And I always like to think of myself as still being a yeshiva guy. The young man that was sitting for the CPA exam in the United States to become a certified public accountant. And uh, he worked and worked on the problem and he was off by $5. Couldn't balance the book by $5. So in frustration, he took out a $5 bill and put it on the paper and handed it in. Well, that's uh, one way of solving problems, but that's not why you pay a person to be a certified public accountant. So here, Moshe is off by a thousand silver shekel. And he couldn't account for it. So at the last moment, he remembered what happened. That the thousand silver shekel was used to make the hooks that held the tapestries on the curtains in the courtyard. And that that's what the thousand was used for. So in the Pusik, it says, when they make the account, it says as Ba'elif, with that note in the truck, the thousand that you were looking for ended up in the hooks, Voveo Amudim, in the hooks that were used to hang uh, the curtains in the Mishkan. So here we have another remarkable thing. Uh, aside from the fact that Moshe has to have uh, the know what happened to the thousand, the medrash is that the thousand told him it shouted, "So Elif, Moshe, you're looking for the thousand. Here I am. I'm here in the hooks." So we all know uh, that money talks, right? But here, literally, money talks. The thousand identified itself. The thousand you were looking for, Moshe, here it is. It's in these hooks. Chazal uh, pointed out to us, for instance, that the uh, Kohanim wore garments that had no pockets so that no one could suspect that they would put something in that belonged to the Beit HaMikdash or any of the incense uh, spices as I discussed earlier this week. They had no pockets. And uh, therefore, uh, you know, Pesach is coming and we wear a kittle on the uh, night of the Seder like we do on Yom Kippur and on Rosh Hashanah. 
So the kid also has no pockets. And uh, on a more somber note, Tachnitim uh, also don't have pockets. As a sign that you're not taking anything. So Moshe knows now what happened with the 1,000 shekel, right? We find uh, Chazal say, based on the Pesach and Tanakh in the Novi, that money always talks. We're not uh, attuned to hear it. We don't have the right frequency, but it always talks. So the Novi says, Evan Mikir Tizok, the stone that was built into the wall, the stone that was stolen. Tizok shouts continually, I am stolen. Not a legitimate stone. The coffees, the and the beam that is built into the roof, into the ceiling, also proclaims constantly that it was not taken legitimately. So the Novi personified the Xela, personified it so it's not just that it's an inanimate object, metal or wood or what, what, that was taken, but that the object itself identifies itself. The object itself says whether it was legitimate or not, whether it belongs in the wall or not. And that's a remarkable concept. A remarkable concept. I knew uh, great Jews that uh, who had to uh, raise money for their institutions for all sorts of worthy projects. They would not take money that they felt was tainted. Now that's a difficult problem because Chazal say Rubam Begezel. Most money is tainted. Rabbi Breuer used to say, uh, People worry about glot kosher, they should worry about glot yosher, which is a much more difficult level to attain. I remember uh, my late brother-in-law, blessed memory, so he uh, taught in the yeshiva in the New York area. And one year he taught kosher mishpat, all the laws that have to do with commercial enterprises and the relationship in business, etc. And when the semester was over and he asked the students for an assessment of what they felt they gained. So one of them said, you know, this was a wonderful class that we had ready, but what do we do if we're in business? That's a prevailing attitude, unfortunately. So uh, 
it shouts. And therefore that is Ha'elif, that's what happened here with the thousand shekel that was missing. That thousand had to go into the hooks. And if Moshe would not have remembered where the hooks were, in other words, if they if it had not been identified to him, then the Moshe is held responsible. Even though it's obvious that he would not have taken anything, Moshe says at the end of his life, I didn't take anything from them. I didn't even take my expenses. So nevertheless, we're dealing in the public trust. So then that is a very, very high standard that we are held to and that the Torah wants us to be aware of. And therefore, that's the underlying message here in the whole parsha of Pekudeh and all of the accounting as to what he used this for, what he used that for. The Torah wants us to know that it's exact. It's not that just write it off. It doesn't make a difference. It makes a great difference. And in that difference lies the holiness of the Mishkan. Because a Mishkan that is constructed and it is not done correctly, it's very hard to say that it's going to have holiness in it. I need not tell you uh, countless examples. But I remember in New York, there was a famous mobster, one of the mafia chieftains. And he uh, wanted to dedicate a, and build a wing and one of the major hospitals in New York. And they argued back and forth. And at the end, they took the money and it's there, you know, it's the Gambino wing. But uh, it may have had a redemptive quality for him, but everybody was able to see that what that it, uh, so to speak, was blood money. So that's an idea that the Torah wants to present to us. And that idea we see clearly here in this week's parsha. Rabbi Hananiah ben Akash, Omer, Rabbi Ah, <laughs> <laughs>